Delivery of oligonucleotide-based therapeutics, challenges and opportunities. A review by Susan Hammond, Virginia Arashevala-Gomeza and others. From University of Oxford and other institutes, EMBO Molecular Medicine, 2021. Abstract. Nucleic acid-based therapeutics that regulate gene expression have been developed towards clinical use at a steady pace for several decades. By recent years, the field has been accelerating. To date, there are 11 marketed products based on antisense oligonucleotides, aptamers, and small interfering RNAs, and many others are in the pipeline for both academia and industry. A major technology trigger for this development has been progress in oligonucleotide chemistry to improve the drug properties and reduce costs of goods, but the main hurdle for the application to a wider range of disorders is delivery to target tissues. The adoption of delivery technologies such as conjugates or nanoparticles has been a game-changer for many therapeutic indications, but many others are still awaiting their eureka moment. Here we cover the variety of methods developed to deliver nucleic acid-based therapeutics across biological barriers and the model systems used to test them. We discuss important safety considerations and regulatory requirements for synthetic oligonucleotide chemistries and the hardest for translating laboratory breakthroughs to the clinic. Recent advances in the delivery of nucleic acid-based therapeutics and the development of model systems, as well as safety considerations and regulatory requirements for synthetic oligonucleotide chemistries are discussed in this review on oligonucleotide-based therapeutics. Introduction Synthetic oligonucleotides are small, single or double-stranded pieces of modified nucleic acids that have been exploited as therapeutic modalities in different ways. The unique characteristic of oligonucleotides is that they bind to their target by Watson-Crick-based pairing, enabling intervention at the genetic level by targeting RNA in a specific manner. Oligonucleotides encompass many types of nucleic acid-based therapeutics, including antisense oligonucleotides, small interfering RNAs, anti-microRNAs, microRNAs mimics, optimus, and unmethylated CPG-containing oligonucleotides. Depending on their mechanism of action, treatment with therapeutic nucleic acids may cause decreased, increased, or restored protein expression. Currently, 11 oligonucleotide-based drugs across many disease areas have received regulatory approval by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the European Medicine Agency, and or the Japanese Ministry of Health, Labor and Welfare. However, further therapeutic development is challenged by unfavorable absorption, distribution, metabolism, excretion, and toxicity ADMET properties for most clinical applications. This review mainly focuses on the development of single-stranded oligonucleotides and covers 1. The numerous methods developed to date to deliver oligonucleotides across biological barriers. 2. The model systems used to test oligonucleotides. and 3. The hurdles existing for translating laboratory breakthroughs to the clinic. The content represents the joint efforts of members of the EU Cooperation of Science and Technology 
network delivery of RNA therapeutics, which aims to facilitate RNA-targeting nucleic acid-based drugs to reach the full potential. Chemistry dictates the drug properties of oligonucleotides. Therapeutic nucleic acids are chemically modified in several ways to endow them with properties such as increased resistance to nucleases, improved target binding affinity. Each modification confers the oligonucleotide different properties and some way be combined but other modifications are not compatible or may modify the oligonucleotide in ways that complicate their synthesis or interfere with the mechanisms by which they exert their effect. First-generation chemistries include the widely used phosphate backbone modifications, for example, phosphothiolate, PS, which imparts resistance to endonucleases and improves bioavailability by reducing renal clearance due to increased affinity for serum proteins. However, this modification also reduces the affinity for the target RNA. Second-generation chemistries include ribose modifications at the 2'O position of RNA and 2' position of DNA, of which the 2'O methyl, 2'O methoxyethyl and 2'fluoro modifications are the most commonly used types. These modifications increase the binding affinity to RNA and further improve the nuclease resistance. An even greater binding affinity chemistry is the conformationally constrained DNA analogs, locked nucleic acid, LNA, and tricyclo-DNA, TCDNA. LNA contains a methyl bridge between the 2O and 4' position of the ribose ring. The backbone considerably changed for TCDNA by introduction of an ethylene bridge with a cyclopropane ring between the ribose 3' and 5' carbon positions. The bridge imposes a locked conformation on the ribose ring, which is ideal for binding to RNA. All first and second generation chemistries are compatible with nucleic acid synthesis and can easily be mixed with DNA and RNA in oligonucleotide chimeras. Third generation chemistries include changes in the nuclear base, for example, phosphoradiamitate morpholine oligomers PMO and peptide nucleic acid PNA. For PMO, the nucleic acid backbone has been replaced with a six-membered morpholine ring and phosphoradiamitate linkages while retaining standard nuclear bases. The nuclear bases of PNAs are linked by amide bonds, which are synthesized similarly to peptides. Both PMO and PNA are uncharged, very resistant nucleases and display variable affinity for the target RNA. The choice of chemical modifications is largely dictated by the modality of the target tissue. Single-stranded ASOs, complemented target RNA, were first utilized therapeutically by exploiting RNA's age cleavage of DNA-RNA hybrids. RNA's age-inducible ASO are designed as gapmers, where central DNA nucleotides are flanked by RNA's age-resistant modified oligonotides. The modified sequences improve target affinity while the central DNA sequence forms the DNA-RNA hybrid for RNA's age recognition and cleavage. 
fully modified second and third generation ASO chemistries act through RNAs H independent mechanisms. Steric blocking ASOs can inhibit or activate translation through the binding to regulatory elements, for example, upstream of reading frames. A common therapeutic modality is modulation of pre-mRNA splicing, which is used to induce or suppress exon occlusion. In Duchenne muscular dystrophy (DMD) patients, ASOs induce exon skipping for mutated dystrophy pre-mRNA restores the reading frame and allows for the production of partially functional rather than non-functional dystrophy protein. In contrast, for spinal muscular atrophy patients. Antisense oligonucleotides increase the level of exon 7 inclusion in survival motor neuron 2, SMN2 mRNA, leading to increased levels of SMN protein. Similarly, antisense oligonucleotides can also induce the skipping of pseudoexons or block RNA splicing factors from recognizing cryptic splice sites. Antisense oligonucleotides can also sterically block the union of RNA binding factors to repeat expansion regions of pathogenic mRNAs. In myotonic dystrophy 1, expanded microsatellite repeat sequester RNA binding factors within nuclear expansion RNA foci. Antisense oligonucleotides targeting the CUG repeat expansion mRNA release the sequestered RNA binding factors and reverse the phenotype. RNA interference RNA-I-based therapies, for example, double-stranded small interfering RNA and single-stranded microRNA exploit the endogenous RNA-I pathway in the cytosol to silence or modulate the expression of specific proteins. Commonly used chemical modifications for small interfering RNA, including 2' methyl and 2' fluoro modifications, decrease RNA recognition and are well tolerated throughout the entire small interfering RNA duplex. In addition, these modifications are widely used to decrease immune stimulation. Antisense oligonucleotides can influence microRNA function either by sequestering a microRNA antagomer or by generating microRNA mimic agomer. Notably, a single microRNA generally regulates expression of multiple genes in a given pathway. Hence, antagomers and agomers have the potential to mediate increased or decreased expression of multiple genes, respectively. Finally, two types of oligonucleotides which do not work through Watson Creek base pairing are optimers and unmethylated CPG-containing oligonucleotides. Optimus are single-stranded oligonucleotides, 20-100 nucleotides, selected from randomized libraries based on the high avidity binding to specific targets. They adopt three-dimensional structures that bind to protein target sites through attractive electrostatic interactions and pocket-like structures and they display binding affinities to their receptor targets, which are comparable to those of monoclonal antibodies. Unmethylated CPG-containing oligonucleotides include a cytosine-guinine motif coupled with a phosphodiester PO and PS backbone. Unmethylated CPG motifs are commonly found in bacterial DNA and activate the immune system through toll-like receptor 9, TLR9,
a methylated CPG containing oligonucleotides have been tested clinically as vaccine adjuvants and for cancer immunotherapy. Delivery Systems for Oligonucleotides The sites of action for oligonucleotides lay within the intracellular space. Consequently, they need to overcome several biological barriers to reach their pharmacological targets in vivo. PS-modified oligonucleotides bind reversibly to plasma proteins, for example albumin, which increases their plasma half-life and facilitates their distribution and accumulation in their liver, kidneys, spleen, lymph nodes and bone marrow. Targeting tissues beyond these organs has had clinical success for local delivery to the eye, brain and spinal cord via intravitreal IVT and intrathecal IT administration respectively. Both routes bypass renal clearance and maintain high oligonucleotide exposure to the cellular microenvironment for efficient uptake. Additionally, significant advances for pulmonary delivery of RNA therapies have been extensively reviewed elsewhere. However, systemic administration of oligonucleotides has been less successful due to poor tissue uptake. Cellular uptake of oligonucleotides occurs predominantly by different types of endocytosis. Oligonucleotides are subsequently trafficked into the endosomial system, from where they need to escape to avoid degradation in the lysosomal environment. Only a very small oligonucleotide dose fraction escapes the endosomes and becomes available at the site of action. Single-stranded oligonucleotides, such as PS antisense oligonucleotides, which are relatively small and charged and or hydrophobic, can productively enter cells and escape the endosomes into the cytoplasm and nucleus without the need for a delivery agent, in a process referred to as diagnosis. But relatively high oligonucleotide doses are required for this process to take place. However, most of RNA-based therapeutics, for example, double-stranded small interfering RNA, are too large and charged to enter cells unassisted and require delivery agent. Accelerating the rate of cell uptake, intracellular trafficking and endosomal escape has been a driving force behind advances in many chemical modifications and delivery agents. A wide variety of delivery approaches improve the transport and bioavailability of oligonucleotides. These include 1. Direct conjugation to carriers and 2. Incorporation to nanoparticulate carriers, both with the aim of improving the ADMAT properties. Chemical conjugates. Chemical conjugation of molecules to therapeutic oligonucleotides is an attractive strategy for improving ADMET properties. As chemical conjugates, oligonucleotides are exposed to serum, and therefore, full chemical modification of oligonucleotides is needed to protect them from degradation. Polymers, peptides, lipids, receptor ligands, and aptamers represent examples of molecules used for conjugation. Polymers 
covalent conjugation of polyethylene glycol PEG improves the ADMET properties of drugs. Pegylation has been applied mainly for therapeutic proteins, but more recently also for oligonucleotides, e.g. the marketed Optima PEG conjugate Pegaoptanib, directed against vascular endothelial growth factor VEGF. PEG is a highly flexible non-charged and hydrophilic polymer with an end groups available for functionalization. PEG shields the conjugated drug cargo by formation of a hydration shell, which sterically blocks other biomicromolecules from binding to the drug. Also, pegylation prolongs the circulation time by reducing renal excretion, increasing oligonucleotide stability. The ADMAT properties of pegylated oligonucleotides are dependent on the physiochemical properties of the PEG moiety, including the molecular weight, the type of end group modification, and the PEG architecture. For example, Pegaoptanib contains 40 kilodalton Y shaped PEG, which causes the optimum binding affinity to decrease fourfold compared with the parent optimum, whereas the antoangiogenic efficacy is increased which is attributed to prolonged tissue resistance time due to increased half-life. Peptides Cell-penetrating peptides CPP are short cationic and or amphipathic peptides, usually less than 30 amino acids long, capable of translocating different types of cargoes across biological bodies and cell membranes. Cell-penetrating peptides can be used as direct conjugates or to encapsulate oligonucleotides into nanoparticles, which is discussed further in the next section. Once inside the cells, cell-penetrating peptides may also improve endosomal escape. However, the cationic charge often restricts the covalent conjugation to charge-neutral oligonucleotide chemistries due to electrostatic interactions between anionic oligonucleotides and cationic cell-penetrating peptides that result in aggregation. For systemic disease, CPP oligonucleotides circumvent cell-specific receptors allowing for pharmacological activity across multiple tissues, and they have been developed for uptake into particular impervious tissues, for example, skeletal muscle, heart, and CNS, as well as targeting viral and bacterial infections. At the time of this review, a phase 1 clinical trial for safety and tolerability of an arginine-rich CPP-ASO conjugate for DMD has been completed and phase 2 is recruiting a determine the optimal dose. Lipids Conjugation of hydrophobic compounds such as cholesterol to oligonucleotides can improve delivery in vitro by promoting endosomal release and results in longer plasma half-life and accumulation deliver upon systemic administration. Such modifications may enhance delivery mainly to the liver but also to peripheral tissues such as muscle. Via passive targeting by increasing the binding affinity of oligonucleotides to plasma proteins and 
or by active targeting by hijacking endogenous lipid transport pathways. Receptor ligands Tissue-specific active targeting may be achieved through conjugation of oligonucleotides to receptor ligands to facilitate specific binding to receptors on the target cells and mediate tissue-specific delivery. A wide variety of receptor ligands have been investigated including carbohydrates, peptides, proteins, optimers, antibodies-antibody, and several feasible receptor ligand systems have been identified. Perhaps the most successful tissue targeting ligand is trimeric N-acetylgalactosamine, GALNAC. GALNAC binds to the azeologlycoprotein receptor AGPR, which is abundantly expressed in the liver. This high affinity binding ligand has been directly conjugated to oligonucleotides and small interfering RNA and provides highly specific and effective delivery of hepatocytes. Another shrinking example is the glucagon-like peptide 1, GLP-1 receptor system for specific targeting of pancreatic beta cells. Recent studies showed that GLP-1 oligonucleotide conjugates are specifically taken up by GLPR one expressing cells in the pancreas, including isolated pancreatic islets, and induce strong accumulation activity in pancreatic beta cells in a ligand-dependent manner upon systemic delivery in mice. Antibodies A promising recent development in chemical conjugates is antibody RNA conjugates, ARCs. ARC typically includes monoclonal antibodies or antibody fragments with functional oligonucleotides and they have been used for imaging and protein detection However, antibodies can also be used as a delivery agent for therapeutic oligonucleotides, an antibody fragment specific for the transferrin receptor, which is involved in intracellular transport of iron-laden transferrin, has been used to target small interfering RNA towards skeletal and cardiac muscle tissues. Companies are taking this technology forward for diseases such as myotonic dystrophy, and the Shen muscular disease. Optimus. Optimus have been shown to mediate delivery of therapeutic oligonucleotides as optima oligonucleotide conjugates or within nanoparticle formulations. The first optimus more interfering RNA chimeras targeted prostate-specific membrane antigen expressing cancer cells to deliver apoptosis introducing small interfering RNAs. Further development of optimal oligonucleotides involved chemical modifications to protect the oligonucleotides from nuclease degradation and increase the plasma half-life. Optimal oligonucleotides have since shown effective in vivo delivery of microRNA antagomers, antisense oligonucleotides and bimodal microRNA antagomers, which preclinical cancer models. Carrier-based delivery systems The pharmacological properties of carrier-based delivery systems are largely independent of the physiochemical properties of the oligonucleotide cargo and instead depend on the properties of the delivery system. Therefore, the desired properties can be built into them via formulation design. 
resulting in multifunctional advances, drug delivery systems. These delivery systems may serve many different purposes, including 1. Protecting the oligonucleotide cargo from premature degradation. 2. Increasing the effect duration and 3. Enhancing the targeting. The improved targeting can either occur by passive or active targeting. Passive targeting exploits the microanatomical features of tissues, for instance, tissues with enhanced permeability and retention, or tissues with discontinuous fenestrated epithelium. For active targeting, delivery systems are decorated with active targeting ligands. Particulate carrier-based delivery systems also facilitate intracellular delivery by enhancing cellular uptake, intracellular trafficking, and endosomal escape. In that way, the dose reaching non-targeted tissues and or the toxicological targets may be reduced, whereas the dose reaching the pharmacological target may be increased. The net result is an improved drug therapeutic index. The complexity of these systems lead to new challenges in development, for example, with respect to costs, manufacturability, safety, quality assurance, and quality control. Reflecting the immense interest in delivery of therapeutic oligonucleotides, a plethora of nanocarrier types have been investigated for delivery purposes, such as gold nanoparticles, mesoporous silica, and other inorganic nanocarriers. Yet, the current focus seems to be on lipid, polymer, and peptide-based delivery systems and hybrids of these which are described further below. Lipid-based delivery systems. The recent approval of patisserin, together with improvements in manufacturability brought about by the introduction of microfluidics, has reinforced interest in lipid-based delivery systems to the scientific community and pharmaceutical industry. The term lipid nanoparticles, LNPs, is used generically below to describe oligonucleotide loaded lipid-based delivery systems because the structural complexity of most lipid-based nanocarriers complicates the further classification into, for example, liposomes and solid lipid nanoparticles. Cationic lipids entrap oligonucleotides via attractive electrostatic interactions, and highly efficient commercial in vivo transfection reagents are based on cationic lipids. However, a systemic toxicity of cationic lipids is often dose limiting for in vivo application, ionizable lipids that are positively charged low pH, e.g. during lipid nanoparticles manufacture and typically neutral at physiological pH are favored. Today, a vast number of ionizable lipids have been developed covering a wide range of different structures. These include, among others, lipidoids and the ionizable lipid DLIN-MC3-DMA, which is considered the gold standard of ionizable cationic lipids. In general, they display head groups containing tertiary amines, which are protonated under acidic conditions and uncharged at neutral pH.
the hydrophobic lipid tails stabilize the LMP structure during formation and in formulation via hydrophobic interactions. Clinically approved patizurin contains DLN MC3 DMA, helper lipids, and packed lipid encapsulating small interfering RNA directed against transthyretine TTR mRNA. The PEC lipid stabilizes the lipid nanoparticles during manufacturing and storage and it increases the circulation half-life. However, PEC lipids inhibit cell transfection, hence they are designed to rapidly diffuse from the lipid nanoparticles at a fourth administration. The lipid nanoparticles are passively targeted to the liver and the size of the lipid nanoparticles permits delivery through the fenestrated endothelium in the liver to the underlying hepatocytes. The addition curve hepatocyte targeting has been shown to occur via surface adsorption of a polypoprotein E, which targets the lipid nanoparticles to the internalizing low-density lipoprotein receptor expressed on hepatocytes. After cellular uptake, endosomal escape of small interfering RNA into the cytosol may be facilitated by interactions between the reprotonated ionizable cationic lipid and the acid endosomal environment and anionic endogenous lipids in the endosomal membrane. Exosomes are particular lipid-based nanocarriers. These nanosized vesicles are shed from the cells encapsulating part of the cellular cytoplasm in the process. They are remarkable in their biocompatibility and potential for highly specific active targeting through surface display of endogenous cellular ligands. The main challenges for using exosomes as delivery systems are 1. Reproducible large-scale production and 2. Effective loading of drugs. Additionally, exosome Heterogeneity is caused by the natural content of proteins and nucleic acids derived from the host cell. This complicates the use of therapeutic delivery agents. The therapeutic promise of exosomes has been extensively reviewed elsewhere. Polymer-based delivery systems Although less clinically advanced, polymer-based systems are also interesting carriers for oligonucleotide delivery largely due to the chemical flexibility of polymers, in particular synthetic polymers. Both monomer sequence and side and group functionalities can be engineered. Additionally, polymeric nanocarriers exhibit high structure integrity and stability during storage. One polymer with high biocompatibility that has been studied and used extensively in the copolymer polylactic acid. PLGA for small molecule drugs, highly efficient encapsulation in polymeric nanoparticles can be achieved, e.g. through mini-emulsion-based synthesis followed by in-situ polymerization. However, due to the negative charge, anionic oligonucleotides cannot be encapsulated using this approach. Instead, encapsulation can be achieved through attractive electrostatic interactions between the anionic oligonucleotides and polycationic polymers. Dendromers are hyperbranched polymers which are well suited for this purpose because they can complex many oligonucleotide molecules. 
several cationic polymers have been used, including polyamidoamine, polypropylamine, and polyelysine. Among these synthetic polymers, polyphosphazines are notable in their high biocompatibility and chemical flexibility, and they have successfully been used to deliver therapeutic oligonucleotides. Polyphosphazines can be tailored to exhibit responsivity to external, e.g. local pH. This allows for a targeted release of the cargo at the desired site of action. Complementing the use of synthetic polymers, there is long-standing interest in the use of naturally occurring biopolymers for oligonucleotide encapsulation. The most notable example is the use of the polycation chitosan, often in complex with another anionic polymer, e.g. PLGA or alginate. Recently, there has been significant interest in lipid polymer hybrid nanoparticles. These hybrids combine desirable properties from both nanoparticle types, i.e. the serum stability of PLGA-based metric system with the biocompatibility and high loading capacity of oligonucleotides in delivery systems based on cationic lipids. Peptide-based delivery systems CPPs represent another group of compounds that have been also successfully used as a carrier-based drug delivery system. In this context, formation of CPPN oligonucleotide nanoparticles is driven by electrostatic and hydrophobic interactions between cationic CPPs and anionic oligonucleotides. Compared with directly conjugated CPP oligonucleotides, peptide-based factors are more amphipathic and usually carry additional chemical modifications to make them compatible with encapsulating oligonucleotides. Commonly, such modifications include incorporation of various hydrophobic modifications such as fatty acid derivatives to the CPP sequences, which increase the stability of the formulation and enhance their cellular uptake and endosomal escape. Various types of CPPs have demonstrated considerable potential for oligonucleotide delivery in nanoparticle-based format, including MPG and PEPFACT peptide derivatives. Antibody complexation delivery systems. Antibodies, another promising form of carrier delivery system, used both as direct conjugates or unconjugated carriers. As unconjugated carriers, antibodies or antibody fragments have been fused with a avidine or protamine peptide. Taking advantage of the natural avidine-biotin complexation system, antibody-avidine fusion molecules bind to biotin-related oligonucleotides. The peptide protamine is a positively charged RNA-binding peptide which binds to small interfering RNA and condenses it into antibody small interfering RNA complex. The system has been used to link cytotoxic small interfering RNAs with HER2 positive cancer cell targeted antibodies. Like all complexation systems, these two systems have the advantage of an established target specific antibody carrier, which can easily be complexed with any small interfering RNA.
Model systems for oligonucleotide development. Successful development of oligonucleotide-based drugs depends on detailed knowledge about pharmacokinetic (PK) and pharmacodynamic (PD) properties. PKPD analysis describes the relationship between pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic in a time-dependent manner. PKPD modeling and simulations are used to rapidly characterize the efficacy and safety of drugs, and PKPD simulation models containing in vitro and in vivo preclinical studies can anticipate potential risks in humans. The use of predictive model systems for PKPD analysis saves time, costs, and minimizes the need for in vivo studies, facilitating the translation from bench to bedside. Methodologies for in vitro testing of oligonucleotides. In vitro models can be implemented to test pharmacological activity, transfection efficiency, hepatotoxicity, and cellular half life. However, it is usually difficult to correlate in vitro findings to preclinical and clinical in vivo findings. Novel technologies such as reprogramming patient-derived cells into induced pluripotent stem cells IPSCs, and genome editing techniques to make astrogenic cell lines have revolutionized the field. Two-dimensional 2D and three-dimensional 3D cell cultures, including organoids, are used to improve the understanding of pathological disease mechanisms, as well as oligonucleotide efficacy studies. One example of successful translation from 3D model to a clinical trial is cipofarsin for the treatment of the inherited retinal disease Leber congenital amaurosis. LCA. Combining patient-derived retinal organoids with toxicity studies in non-human primates and HPs was sufficient to initiate a phase 1-2 clinical trial. The eye is an exceptional target organ given its isolated immune privileged status, which allows for translation of results from organoids in culture to the human eye. However, for other multi-organ diseases, establishing predictive cellular models to mimic the functions of entire organs remains a challenge. An interesting alternative to 2D and 3D tissue culture techniques is a microfluidics-based organ-on-chip technology, which consists of micro-engineered iPSC-derived models that combine the advantages of current in vitro and in vivo models. The technology breaks down organs in the most essential components, including biological barriers for drug delivery, efficacy, toxicity, and PKPD studies. Organ-on-chips reproduce the interaction between cultures of multiple tissue types using microfluidic channels and chambers. These interactions can be monitored in real time to study the PKPD of a specific drug as well as drug-drug interactions. For instance, the PKPD evaluation of terfanidine has been assessed by using a cell model combining heart and liver cells into interconnected chambers. This model, combined with microload arrays, also contributed to predict 
the potential cardiotoxicity of the drug. Interestingly, recent drug permeability studies in blood-brain barrier on chip models were found to be more predictive compared with existing in vitro models. Other cell models under development include retinon chip and lung on chip models, mimicking the function of entire organs in a dish by combining several cell types in a single device may have valuable potential for drug screening and development, as well as PK, PD and toxicity studies. In the future, organ-on-chip models might, to some extent, replace experimental animal models. Investigation of PKPD properties in vivo In vivo models have been extensively used for those finding studies. PK properties are largely comparable across multiple species, including mouse, rat, NHP, and human. Hence, cross-species PKPD relationships are very valuable for the prediction of human dosing. Animal models have been vital for determining in vivo efficacy of oligonucleotides, tissue-specific delivery, and optimizing the route of administration for symptomic and neurological diseases. Preclinical in vivo testing in a transgenic mouse model for SMA predicted the enhanced benefit of treating pre-symptomatic stages of the disease, which was later validated in the clinic. However, detailed knowledge of the disease model is vital for interpreting data. A study in the MDX mouse model for DMD of the PKPD of 2' or methyl oligonucleotides for DMD revealed higher oligonucleotide levels in dystrophin-deficient muscle fibers than in healthy fibers as well as an enhanced exon scapping efficiency. However, oligonucleotide efficiency was low in clinical trials in DMD patients, potentially due to a better regenerative capacity in mice. Also, animal models may not always reciprocate the human condition due to the different genomic context of the mutation. Even when using humanized animal models, this is evident for pre-mRNA splicing which is differentially regulated between tissues, organs, and species. Between tissues, DNA variants have been observed to affect pre-mRNA splicing, complicating the interpretation of in vitro studies. An example is the aforementioned deep intronic change underlying LCA, which lymphoblastoids and fibroblast cells derived from patients suggested a hypomorphic effect. Reprogrammed patient-derived IPSCs differentiated towards a retinal feed revealed that the percentage of apparently spliced mRNA was highly increased in photoreceptor cells, explaining the retinal phenotype observed in LCA patients. Follow-up studies revealed that a pseudoexin present in humans was differentially recognized in cell lines derived from other species. Thus, care is warranted when selecting a model system for assessing the effects of a certain genetic variance, as well as for the development of splice modulation therapies. Safety Assessment of Oligonucleotide-Based Therapeutics 
while new chemistries and delivery technologies might lead to higher efficacy, it is important to screen for potential side effects in early phases of preclinical development to avoid subsequent failure. Toxicological aspects of therapeutic oligonucleotides have been comprehensively summarized previously. The Oligonucleotide Safety Working Group has also published extensive guidelines for assessing the various aspects of oligonucleotide safety. Our understanding of oligonucleotide-mediated toxicity increases as more preclinical and clinical data became available. While the concept of class toxicity appears known in the light of the expanding knowledge on various chemistries, oligonucleotide-related side effects still falls under two main categories. First, hybridization-dependent effects, including on- and off-target effects, and two, hybridization-independent effects, mostly caused by protein-binding properties. Hybridization-dependent effects on-target safety, also referred to a exaggerated pharmacology, relates to the possible toxicities induced by excessive or prolonged activity of the oligonucleotide in target or non-target organs. These effects are considered rare and are generally discovered in preclinical studies. However, due to the sequence-specific action of oligonucleotide-based drugs, target sequences may not be conserved across species. Therefore, human sequences might not display efficacy in rodents or NHPs, hence species-specific surrogates are needed for on-target risk assessment. Of target effects correspond to the potential toxicities associated with oligonucleotide hybridization to unintended RNA targets. They have increased with the development of high-affinity chemistries, e.g. LNA, tcDNA, and constrained ethyl, which allow the use of much short sequences. Of target effects are of particular concern for GAPMA oligonucleotides and small interfering RNAs, which aim at downregulating their targets as they could downregulate the expression of unintended ones. Several studies have characterized off-target effect-associated mechanisms and described elegant ways to reduce risks and improve the design of specific gapmers and small interfering RNAs. Contrast, splice-switching antisense oligonucleotides must bind specific splicing regulatory elements to be efficacious and they are therefore less likely to induce off-target effects. With the development of more stable oligonucleotides and efficient delivery systems, systemic administrations might distribute to target but also non-target tissues. Hence, off-target effects should be carefully evaluated during preclinical development. The guidelines published by the OSWG for assessing off-target effects recommend 1. In-silico evaluation 2. Interpretation of in-silico hits using auxiliary data and 3. In vivo evaluation of oligonucleotide drugs Hybridization independent effects Most oligonucleotide-mediated toxicities are not caused by Watson-Crick-based pairing to RNA but rather a result 
of oligonucleotide protein interactions and therefore depend on the chemistry and or the delivery system. Single-stranded PS-modified oligonucleotides display particularly high protein binding affinities and the majority of the hybridization-dependent effects have thus been reported for this case of oligonucleotide as opposed to smooth-offering RNA containing less PS-modified residues. Inhibition of blood coagulation Inhibition of the intrinsic blood coagulation pathway is a well-documented side effect of the PS chemistry. It is considered a class effect modulated by interactions of the ON with plasma proteins in a sequence-independent way. The PS modification selectively prolongs the partial thromboplatin time at low plasma concentrations by inhibiting the tenase complex. However, a high plasma concentrations, both the intrinsic and extrinsic pathways are affected, suggesting additionally bitter effects. Prolongation of clotting times is correlated with the maximal plasma concentration of circulating oligonucleotides, and it has not been associated to relevant clinical signs, as it can be controlled by dose reduction or by extending infusion times. Nevertheless, it should be included in screening studies, which can be performed both in vivo and in vitro mouse, NHP and human serum respectively, since results can be extrapolated across speeches. Complement activation. Systemic administration of PS modified oligonucleotides has been reported to activate the alternative complement pathway as a consequence of plasma protein binding. Although this hybridization independent effect is mainly related to the oligonucleotide chemistry, unexpected complement activation has been observed with some sequence specificity, as in the case of TCDNA. Activation of the alternative complement pathway has been thoroughly studied in NHP models, which are particularly sensitive. The effect is dependent on the plasma concentration and can be controlled by increasing the full infusion time to reduce the C-max. PS-modified oligonucleotides have been shown to interact directly with plasma factor H, which is a negative regulatory of the complement cascade that reduces the free levels of inhibitory, permitting uncontrolled amplification of the cascade and release of split products such as BP and amphilotoxins C3A and C5A. Complements can be activated similarly to every dose, hence chronic administration of toxic oligonucleotides can result in C3 depletion eventually leading to altered complement function, secondary inflammation and vasculitis. Although humans appear less sensitive to complement activation, it is recommended to routinely evaluate complement activation in preclinical safety studies of new oligonucleotide drug candidates in NHPs. Complement activation can be assessed in vitro in NHP or human serum, or whole blood, to measure split products of the alternative complement pathway. Nevertheless, one should be cautious when interpreting the results, 
as it is difficult to extrapolate and predict those response relationships. Immunostimulation Oligonucleotide-induced immunostimulation is a complex side effect that depends on several aspects, including chemistry and nucleotide sequence. Oligonucleotides can activate the innate immune system through binding to pattern recognition receptors, such as the toll-like receptors. Activation of the innate immune system by CPG containing oligonucleotides is comparable to that observed for bacterial DNA and CPG containing oligonucleotides are used for cancer and autoimmune disease therapies as well as vaccine adjuvants. However, the immunostimulator activity of oligonucleotides designed for antisense purposes constitutes a potential side effect. In this regard, modified oligonucleotides with two prime ribose modifications, 5-methylocytosine residues, or without CPG motifs, have been designed to avoid TLR9 activation. Additional studies have demonstrated that CPG-free PS-modified oligonucleotides can also elicit pro-inflammatory responses, although the molecular mechanism is still debated. Of note, immunostimulator effects have never been reported for oligonucleotides with neutral backbones, e.g. PMOs. Rodents are particularly sensitive to immune stimulation. Mice treated with high doses of PS oligonucleotides display increased levels of circulating cytokines and chemokines, as well as proliferation of B lymphocytes. Although generally less critical, some insignificant inflammatory responses, e.g. vasculitis, related to complement activation mediated by PS oligonucleotides, have been described in NHP studies. Differences in immune response between species have been attributed to differential sequence, expression and function of the germline encoded PRRs. In clinical trials, inflammatory adverse effects may manifest as flu-like symptoms and injection site reactions following subcutaneous assay administration. Understanding the underlying mechanism of therapeutic oligonucleotides mediated induction of pro-inflammatory adverse effects has facilitated design of safer and more potent sequences that are efficacious at lower doses. Nevertheless, some sequences still display unexpected toxicity and specific screening for immunostimulator adverse effects is recommended. In addition to in vivo studies in rodents and NHPs, pro-inflammatory evaluation is usually performed in vitro using human peripheral blood mononuclear cells or wall blood. The potential immunogenicity of oligonucleotides is poorly documented, but recent data show that anti-drug antibodies ADAs are present in NHPs and humans. More than 30 and 70% of patients treated with Trisapircin and Mupomyrcin, respectively, were found positive for ADA after 24 weeks of treatment. Recently, ADA anti-drug antibodies plasma levels are shown to increase both in monkeys and humans, while no impact on efficacy and safety was reported. 
Formulations based on nanoparticles administered forth may also induce infusion-related reactions, IRRs, e.g. hypersensitivity evident as flu-like symptoms and even cardiac anaphylaxis. Hence, before fourth infusion of patisserin, patients are required to be premedicated with four antihistamines, four corticosteroids, and oral acetaminophen or paracetamol to suppress infusion-related reactions. Mild to moderate infusion-related reactions were observed in a phase 3 trial of patisserin in approximately 20% of the patients who were all premedicated, the incidence of which decreased over time. In contrast, premedication is not required before administration of oligonucleotides and gal-neck smotifering RNA conjugates. Thrombocytopenia Oligonucleotide-associated thrombocytopenia is an occasional event that has been observed in rodents and NHPs, as well as in three recent clinical trials with unrelated PS oligonucleotides. The exact underlying mechanism of thrombocytopenia is still debated, and several immune and non-immune mediated mechanisms have been proposed. Direct activation of platelets by PS oligonucleotides through the binding of platelet receptors has been demonstrated. In addition, a heparin-induced thrombocytopenia-like mechanism through the induction of antiplatelet factor 4 IgG antibodies has also been proposed based on the binding of nucleic acids and platelet factor 4, although contradictory results have been reported. A recent study suggests that sequestration of the platelets in the liver and spleen occurs through the activation of monocytes, but not platelets, and is accompanied by increased serum EGM levels. In most cases, thrombocytopenia after treatment with oligonucleotides is mild to moderate and reversible. The number of platelets does not drop below the normal limit during treatment and normalizes after withdrawal from treatment. However, a concerning and severe decline has been observed in NHP studies after repeated dosing. To date, severe thrombocytopenia has not been reported for small interfering RNA drugs, neither in preclinical studies nor in clinical trials. By encapsulation of small interfering RNA to lipid nanoparticles has been shown to cause thrombocytopenia rats presumably induced by the cationic lipid molecules themselves. High exposure organs Following for administration and independently of the chemistry, the highest concentration of oligonucleotides are found in the liver and the kidneys, which are considered high exposure organs. The toxicities observed in these organs are not necessarily associated with the accumulation of oligonucleotides per se, but can also be due to sequence-specific effects. Accumulated oligonucleotides are often apparent as basophilic granules in tissue sections. However, these effects are regarded as non-adverse because of their reversible nature upon termination of treatment. 
In contrast, acute toxicities characterized by large areas of necrosis, pronounced elevation of live enzyme levels, morbidity and mortality have been reported for some high affinity gap MERS after a single or few doses in mice. The mechanisms underlying these sequence-specific acute toxicities may be accumulation of RNAs, H-cleaved mRNA products and or protein interactions. While the screening of these acute toxicities previously relied on in vivo studies assessing levels of live enzymes following for administration rodents, a growing number of productive in silico and in vitro models have been established. Renal lesions are generally restricted to the proximal tubules and appear only in animals treated with much higher oligonucleotide doses than the clinically relevant doses. No clinically significant renal dysfunction was reported in a large retrospective study of two prime MOE GAPMER trials. Renal toxicity was mostly regarded as accumulation-related toxicity and primarily sequenced unspecific until more acute tubular lesions were reported with high affinity oligonucleotides, e.g. LNAs. Beyond the classical biomarkers for renal injury, e.g. increased excretion of beta-2, microglobulin and kidney injury molecule 1, a predictive epidermal growth factor-based assay has recently been developed to exclude this type of nephrotoxic candidates. Approved oligonucleotide-based therapeutics Advances in therapeutic oligonucleotide technology in recent decades provide a unique opportunity for addressing previously inaccessible drug targets. Since the approval of Formiversin in 1998 by the FDA for treating cytomegalovirus retinis, 11 oligonucleotide-based drugs have received marketing authorization to be used in humans and two additional oligonucleotide drugs have received positive opinion for marketing by the EMA. Here we discuss approved oligonucleotide therapeutics according to their functional modalities. Formiversin is a 21-mer PSDNA-based oligonucleotide developed for treating cytomegalovirus retinase patients, especially those with acquired immunodeficiency syndrome AIDS. The first-generation ASO target in human cytomegalovirus major immediate early gene mRNA for RNA's age degradation. Formiversin is delivered locally by IVT administration and hence does not require delivery agent, while a second-generation 2-prime MOE-based GAPMER sequence was in clinical development. Novartis discontinued development and withdrew marketing. The number of CMV retinis cases had decreased dramatically due to the development of highly active antiretroviral therapy. Nevertheless, Formiversin was a successful and established oligonucleotide therapies as viable for clinical development. RNAs dependent second generation ASOs targeting the liver have been approved by polyneuropathy of hereditary transthyretin mediated amyloidosis, HATTR, as well as familial cleomicroanemia syndrome, 
FCS, hypertriglyceridemia, and familiar partial lipodystrophy, and familiar hypercholesterolemia. The rare disease HATTR is linked to missense mutations in the TTR gene which result in TTR protein misfolding. The TTR protein is secreted in the blood and cerebral spinal fluids. An accumulation of myeloid deposits in tissues cause polyneuropathy, multi-organ dysfunction, and cardiomyopathy. In Otterson targets the hepatic expression of both wild-type mutant TTR mRNA. Patients treated with Inotersin display a reduction in serum TTR protein levels and enhanced quality of life. Volanosursin, although still waiting FDA approval at the time of writing this review, was awarded EMA approval in May 2019 by targeting the 3' UTR of apolipoprotein C3 mRNA. Volanosursin reduces the levels of triglycides and apolipoprotein C3 which represent two known risk factors for cardiovascular disease while increasing the levels of low-density and high-density lipoprotein, cholesterol and apolipoprotein B in patients with FCS and hypertriglyceridemia. Mipomersin also targets apolipoprotein B100 to reduce circulating low-density lipoprotein cholesterol which constitutes another major risk factor for cardiovascular disease. In contrast to inotersin and volanersin, mipomersin was given FDA approval but EMA authorization was denied due to safety concerns related to liver toxicity and severe cardiovascular events. It has since been discontinued by the FDA and is only available through a restricted risk evaluation and mitigation strategy. All three oligonucleotide therapies are dosed by SC administration without a delivery agent due to the natural uptake of oligonucleotides by the liver. In 2004, the Aptima Pegaptanib was approved by the FDA for the prevention of the eye-related disorder age-related macular degeneration. Pegaptanib is a covalent conjugate of highly modified single-stranded optima and 220-KDA PEG units. It binds with high specificity and affinity to the extracellular PEGF isoform 165 and blocks the new androgenic activity. Patients dosed with pegaptinib demonstrated reduced vision loss compared with placebo controls. Common to degenerative diseases, early treatment results in improved therapeutic outcome. Several splice-modifying oligonucleotide-based drugs are proved to treat the pediatric disorder DMD and SMA, focusing on splice modification and targets tissues beyond liver. The first approved drug, for example, etaplirsen, is a PMO-based splice-switching ASO that interacts specifically with DMD exon 51 and is used in DMD patients with dystrophin deletions amenable to exon 51 skipping. Dystrophin expression is limited mainly to skeletal and cardiac muscles and etiplirsin is expected to be most efficacious in skeletal muscle. 
however, conducive with all PMOs, high accumulation in the kidneys and rapid urine excretion is also expected. The approval of atabilipsin by the FDA was accompanied by controversy due to the trial design and difficulties in quantifying increased expression of dystrophin, which leaves doubt on the efficacy of atabilipsin. As a result, it was not approved by the EMA, strengthened by improved clinical trial designs to additional PMO-based ASOs have recently been approved for DMD patients amenable for dystrophin exon 53 skipping, for example, colodiosin and viltolarsin, by the FDA in both the FDA and Japanese Ministry of Health, Labor and Welfare, respectively. The only oligonucleotide-based therapeutic approved for a neurological disease is nusinersin, used for the treatment of SMA. Nusinersin targets the alternatively spliced exon 7 of SMN2 pre-mRNA, increasing exon inclusion and producing a functional SMN protein. It is administered directly to the cerebral spinal fluid surrounding the spinal cord by IT injection. IT administration directs uptake into the CNS, allowing low doses and circumvention of liver metabolism and kidney excretion. Patients, especially young pre-symptomatic patients, report extended survival in reaching motor milestones over the expected natural history of the disease. Controversy related to nisnersen is not over-efficacy but rather the exceedingly high cost which has delayed approval and prevented marketing in countries with national health services. The success of nusinersen has led to the use of oligonucleotides as personalized medicines, exemplified in the development of milersin, which targets a mutation specific to a single patient with a form of Patton's disease. In this case, the insertion of an SVA retrotransposon altered the splicing of the major facilitator superfamily domain containing 8, exon 6, into a cryptic splice acceptor site. Clinicians followed the preclinical studies and trial designs from the Nusinersen studies to accelerate the FDA approval of the clinical study. Milersen dosing was initiated 14 months after clinical diagnosis and just 4.5 months after identification of a therapeutic ASO. The patient's rate of deterioration means that dosing had to be initiated as soon as possible. Hence, the patient was dosed in parallel to toxicology studies in animals, although therapeutic efficacy in a single patient cannot be defined Myelsin reduced the frequency and duration of seizures and potentially diminished the neurodegenerative decline. Two oligonucleotide therapeutics based on RNAi, i.e. patisurin and gyvoserin, were approved by the FDA in 2018 and 19, respectively. Patisurin represents an important milestone because it is the first marketed drug based on smotifying RNA launched only 20 years after the discovery of the RNAi mechanism. Like anotiosin, patisurin inhibits hepatocyte expression 
of TTR in patients with HATTR. Patisurin consists of small interfering RNA directed against TTR-mRNA formulated as LMPs, which are administered systematically by full infusion. The latest breakthrough is Kyvosurin, which represents the first approved Kelnex multifinger RNA conjugate. Kyvosurin inhibits hepatic synthesis of delta aminolivinylate synthesis 1 in patients with acute hepatic porphyria, which is a rare inherited disease of heme biosynthesis. Monthly subcutaneous administration of gavasurin results in hepatocyte-specific distribution and downregulation of elevated ALAS1 mRNA in the liver. Recently, two new liver-targeting LNX multifinger RNA drugs received positive opinion for marketing in Europe, i.e. lumisurin and inclisurin. Lumisurin targets hydroxy acid oxidase 1 for the treatment of primary hyperoxuria type 1, which is a rare inherited disorder characterized by the overproduction of oxalates. Targeting HAO1 reduces the substrate needed for oxalate production in the liver. Inclusurin targets the proprotein convertase subtilisine kixin type 9 to reduce low-density lipoprotein LDL cholesterol. Subtilisine kixin type 1 is a serine protease which binds to the LDL receptors to induce their lysosomal degradation. Therefore, silencing subtilisine kixin type 9 enhances the half-life of LDL receptors responsible for cholesterol clearance. Inclusion reduces more than 50% LDL cholesterol levels in treated patients with minimal side effects. Approval of inclisurin will expand the indications for oligonucleotides to not only include rare but also common diseases. Concluding comments and future perspectives. In 1978, it was demonstrated that 13 mer DNA based oligonucleotide binding to Rusa virus RNA could inhibit protein expression in cell culture, but it was not until 20 years later that the first oligonucleotide-based therapeutic drug, Formiversin, was approved. By 2016, only two additional drugs had been approved, but since then, the development pace of oligonucleotide-based drugs accelerated with 11 oligonucleotide-based drugs currently approved. Yet, many of these drugs display limited efficacy, and the more efficacious drugs take advantage of local administration. However, Galnac conjugation and the LMP technology represent delivery breakthroughs that have completely changed the perspective of therapies targeting hepatocytes. In one stroke, this tissue is now accessible for treatment with oligonucleotides. These examples of how delivery technologies can be used to overcome delivery hurdles had provided the whole field with a new impetus that will accelerate discoveries for targeting of tissues beyond the liver. Design and manufacturing of efficient delivery systems is not the only hurdle. 
the safety of these and their combination with oligonucleotides is also paramount. Testing oligonucleotide safety has not been easy, primarily because many of these drugs have been developed to treat rare diseases. This implies an abundance of preclinical models by limited clinical data. Being a whole new class of drugs, this makes stakeholders wary of missing any step of the development. A striking exception to this is the recent end of one clinical studies, development of Milizen, who was achieved in record time, but took a high-risk, high-reward gamble, relying on the safety of IT administration of a chemistry-already-approved nucinersin. A likely leapfrog in the clinical application of therapeutic oligonucleotides may come from the results of current clinical trial for the lowering of lipoprotein A in cardiovascular disease. This trial includes 7,680 patients and the large data set that will be generated is due to change in the landscape of these drugs. By then, many new delivery technologies may have successfully been developed for other targets, making this decade the era of oligonucleotide therapeutics. Thank you for listening. Thank you.